At Hendricks Regional Health, patient experience is at the core of everything we do. That's why we proudly present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. Is it hard for your child to sit still? Does your child act without thinking first sometimes? Does your child start but not finish things? If so, your child may have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Nearly everyone shows some of these behaviors at time, but if these behaviors last more than six months and cause problems in school, at home, and in social situations, it might be time to see your pediatrician for an evaluation. ADHD is the most commonly diagnosed behavior disorder of childhood. My guest today is Dr. Ruth McCluskey. She's a pediatrician with Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. McCluskey. What is ADHD? Give us a little working definition. All right. Um, to start out with, ADHD um, stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And there's two main classifications of that. There's either ADHD primarily inattentive or ADHD primarily hyperactive, or actually you could have ADHD combined. And there's multiple diagnostic criteria um, in order to meet, um, meet the criteria for ADHD. There's nine different symptoms of inattention, and then there's nine different symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity that we look for when we're evaluating a child that we suspect may have ADHD. So before we talk about those nine, because a parent might not spot all of them before they take them to the pediatrician for that evaluation, what red flags would you like the parents to be on the watch for so that if it's a boy, for example, Dr. McCluskey, sometimes parents will say, oh, well, he's just all boy. But when does it come to the point where it's like, okay, this is now something we need to go take a visit to our doctor for? Well, typically there's there's two main things that I look for when I um, recommend an ADHD evaluation or when parents are suspecting that and to, to move forward with the evaluation. Number one is if there is impaired function, so maybe kids are not doing well academically and we suspect ADHD might be contributing to that. Or number two, um, they're, they're either not enjoying school or just not happy in general. Their self-esteem is low because they're not being successful at school or getting in trouble a lot at school. So we bring them to the pediatrician. What do you do as far as diagnostic evaluation to make this determination before treatment is required? Well, the way we go through our diagnostic evaluation is filling out um, a couple of studied and um, verified forms. We, we use Connors evaluations at our office, but there's lots of different forms that could be used. Basically, it's a whole gamut of questions that explores activity, attention um, at home and also at school. And basically, we have one of those questionnaires filled out by a parent or both parents together or separate. And then we have another form with the same questions um, that is completed by an educator who knows the child very well. And if there's more than one educator that knows them all, we sometimes fill out multiple forms like that. And then after we collect that data, it kind of gives us a objective score as far as meeting criteria. We also go through a pretty thorough childhood history forum evaluation that helps us to kind of tease out other coexisting conditions that might look like ADHD. So certain learning disabilities can kind of manifest and look like ADHD. Things like anxiety or depression can sometimes coincide with ADHD or also look like ADHD. We, and we try to make sure that we're 
not missing some root cause for the symptoms of ADHD um, rather than just calling it ADHD. So then if you have determined that this is what this child has, how do you work with the child? What are some of the first treatments that you might recommend, whether it's cognitive behavioral therapy or, and what do you tell the parents about dealing with the child at home? Well, I think that's a great question because I think a lot of parents are anxious about an evaluation for ADHD because a lot of parents don't like the idea of medication. And certainly medication is never our first treatment recommendation. Usually a starting point would be behavioral modification or cognitive behavioral therapy with a trained therapist. Um, as far as behavior modification, though, there's a lot of things we can recommend just as the pediatrician to help them succeed at school and also be more manageable and um, at home and have less stress at home. Because typically kids that are diagnosed with ADHD, a lot, a lot of times will have some behavior problems that make life at home pretty stressful. So there's a lot that we can start out with just with recommendations from us or behavior charts, or we can refer on to a trained therapist to work with them. So that would be a starting point. Another starting point, um, we look into, there's been a lot of research recently on dietary management of ADHD. So there's two main things that we look at with dietary management. We look at eliminating preservatives and additives to foods. There's been a number of um, studies lately and even um, in the past on how preservatives and things of that nature can affect hyperactivity and can even affect focus, can decrease your focus if there's a lot of food colorings and other preservatives that are very typical in the Western diet. If we can eliminate those things, a lot of kids do a lot better with ADHD and make medication unnecessary. Then the, the second part of dietary management is um, vitamin supplements or um, omega-3 supplements. So oftentimes kids that have symptoms of ADHD will have deficiencies in certain um, vitamins and minerals, particularly iron, magnesium, and zinc are things that can be deficient when a, a child has ADHD or symptoms of ADHD. Um, so we look into testing those sometimes or just supplementing them because oftentimes our diets are deficient in a lot of nutrients just because it's hard to get those things naturally from foods oftentimes. Um, and then secondly, we recommend a good either prescription omega-3 supplement or over-the-counter omega-3 supplement because there's pretty good research um, indicating that certain kids, not 100% of kids with ADHD, but certain kids, probably about half of kids, um, with ADHD have deficiencies in certain long-chain fatty acids that really can only be gotten from omega-3 um, that is typically found in fish. So that is such great advice, Dr. McCluskey. And along with this nutritional kind of, you know, working it for the child and behavioral cognitive therapy, so then when does it become medicational intervention. And what do you tell parents when they're afraid of that zombie effect that they've heard about with medications? Well, that that's a great question because it addresses concerns that a lot of parents have. I think after you do a trial period of um, those preliminary treatments, the behavior modification and dietary modification, um, and you don't see improvement, that would be a reason to start medication. Um, I think if you're at a point where you're talking about 
pretty dire academic failure, like if we're talking about potentially having to repeat a grade or failed um, standardized test scores, things of that nature, we, we would talk about medication. Um, or if, if the child is really starting to have a strong, adverse uh, reaction to school, really disliking school, or really having some significant self-esteem issues, and what we're trying already is not working, that would be a reason to start medication. And I think as far as addressing the zombie effect of medications, there are so many ADHD medications out there, and I feel like new ones are coming out all the time. I feel like we are constantly hearing about new formulations that potentially minimize side effects um, and maximize benefits. And a lot of parents, when they worry about medications, they're thinking about stimulant medications, which do have a lot of side effects, but there's also a number of options as far as non-stimulant medications to treat ADHD that have less side effects and um, don't have, uh, I guess, the potential long-term consequences. People worry about appetite suppression and growth with stimulants, but a lot of non-stimulants don't have those side effects, so... um, plenty of different options, and um, sometimes it just is a matter of what the primary symptoms are as far as trying to navigate and pick in a medication, but um, we like working with people and finding the right thing for kids, and um, oftentimes uh, can really make a significant impact on a child. I, one example that I think is amazing is I try to a kid on a medication after, you know, trying everything else and failing it. And I remember the parent telling me that um, he sat and ate dinner with the family for the first time ever because he was never even able to just sit and eat like a normal child would. He, but he sat and ate dinner with them, and mom had tears in her eyes when she said that, and that was all the medication. So some kids just need the behavior, behavioral modification, but some kids um, end up really I mean, truly benefiting from medication when they need it. It's life-changing. Dr. McCluskey, what do you tell parents about the school systems and dealing with the school systems and alerting their school systems to whatever the child's behavioral issues are, attentional issues are? How do you work with the schools? Well, a lot of that um, depends on the relationship that the parents have with the school and the comfort level. Some parents work closely with the school. Some schools even do the evaluation prior to the parents ever even bringing the concern up with me. Um, they, they, Some schools do some very nice thorough evaluations and help reach the diagnosis of ADHD. Some parents prefer to, to do it separately from school and do the evaluation through us or through um, other providers um, to have the diagnosis and, and treat without knowledge of the school. So it really is whatever the parents are comfortable with as far as disclosure to the school. Um, A lot of kids, in addition to needing the behavior modification, may perhaps need what's called an IEP or an Individualized Education Plan that helps them to succeed at school. That may be a matter of um, different examination circumstances where they can take tests separate from the rest of the group to avoid distraction. It may be um, more one-on-one work out of a group setting because that is less distracting, but uh, some some children will need that IEP to help them succeed at school. So if that's the case, we, we work with the school either with diagnostic letters or helping the parents just to explain the situation to the school. 
In the last few minutes, Dr. McCluskey, give your best advice for parents who think their child may have ADHD and getting to their pediatrician for an evaluation and even what you, in your opinion, want them to know about their child growing into the teenage years with ADHD, monitoring their own medications and and helping themselves as they grow into an adult that may still have ADHD. Well, I always tell parents if there's any concern about ADHD or just school problems in general, it's worth exploring. Um, We can always do the evaluation, and we don't meet criteria, and we don't need to treat or anything of that nature. But sometimes we go through the evaluation, we uncover other things that are causing school problems, um, running the gamut from vision problems um, to learning problems underlying anxiety that we we didn't know was going on, but it can never hurt to go through the evaluation, and it's, it's actually um, just going through the forums and completing the forums and gathering information. There's not even any cost at our office to go through that, so I think it's really no commitment. It's good to gather the information and either move forward with helping the situation, which certainly doesn't always have to be medication. There's lots, like we mentioned before, there's lots of different things to do or um, being able to identify other problems that are potentially preventing the child from succeeding. And then going forward as kids go older, get older, um, I think I try to tell my older kids that have the diagnosis of ADHD, it's not necessarily um, a disordered way of thinking, it's just a different way of thinking. And when you can, as you get older and you learn the best ways that you learn and the best ways that you function, you can often modify the way you study and take things in and organize yourself to the point where you really don't need treatment. Some kids end up doing treatment throughout high school and college, and that is completely fine. Um, but other kids just have more insight um, or develop more insight into the way they learn, and they can manage it just strictly through behavior modification, which is what a lot of adults do that have ADHD. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH, Hendricks Regional Health. And for more information, please visit Hendricks.org. That's Hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.